Hello and welcome to the Graphics Profiles, the official podcast of Graphics Pro and Graphics Pro Expo, covering the graphics market online, in print, and in person. I'm your host, Reagan Dickinson. Our guest for episode 52 is Lauren Stern, owner of Studio 618, an experiential graphic design firm based in Charlotte, North Carolina. Lauren has a great story to tell about the genesis of Studio 618, her take on experiential graphic design, how she merges branding, architectural spaces, and fabrication into a cohesive sign system design, and her brand new children's book, Signs Have Much to Say. Also, look for some of Lauren's work in the June issue of Graphics Pro in J.D. Hamilton's article about interior architectural signage. Well, we have a lot to talk about, but before we do, I'd like to take a few to let y'all know about Graphics Pro Expo, which is the place to be in 2023 if you're in the awards and personalization, apparel decorating, and sign and printing markets. You'll see the latest products, learn new skills, explore related markets, find new profit centers, and get connected at a GPX event coming up near you in Indianapolis, featuring Start Here Academy June 15th through 16th, Portland, Oregon, July 19th through 20th, Long Beach, California, featuring RapsCon, August 18th through 19th, and Baltimore, September 13th through 14th. Go to g-p-x.com to get the full scoop, and we'll see you there. Okay, so let's get into experiential graphic design with Lauren Stern. Hi, Lauren. How are you today? It's good to have you here. I'm doing great. How are you? Excellent. Thank you. Uh, I'd like to talk about the evolution of the Studio 618 how it got started and your career path here. So do you mind giving me a little bit of background on Studio 618? So I was in the environmental graphic design field for about 10 years at various companies. And the last company I was at uh, was a larger architecture design firm. And um, unfortunately, during the pandemic, there was uh, groups of layoffs. And unfortunately, I was one of those people. And so during that moment of time, it became a transformative moment for me in my career. And I decided to go out on my own and start my own business with my over a decade of experience. And so Studio 618 stands for June 18th, which was the day I was let go from my previous position and started out on my own on this amazing opportunity that I've been on for almost two years now. I'm sure you learned a lot along the way. So what is your what is your approach now um, to designing an environment that meets your clients goals and is appealing to their target audience? And uh, one of the one of the words that I want to kind of delve into a little bit is what you call experiential. And I, I hear a lot of kind of buzz about experiential. You know, people are trying to create a customer experience more than anything with their graphics. So I'd, I'd like to hear kind of your take on that. So when I think about experiential, I think about just really telling a story, bringing um, a project to life um, besides just some pretty pictures on a wall or some, you know, just custom signage. Like, what's the purpose behind that? You know, how how does it tell that story? How does it bring, you know, your company's brand to life? Where does that inspiration come from? You know, how is it tying into this space? I really try to bring those elements into all the projects I work on. And I also have an artistic background focusing on fiber art, watercolor, and digital illustrations. So I really also try to make every project have that 
artistic flair and bring that artistic flair into everything I do. So that's where I see you know, the word experiential, just like bringing everything more to life and really going back to um, you know the why of it. You know, why are you making this? What's the purpose behind it? I think that's just a really important thing to think about on every single project. What does the process look like, basically? And maybe you can illustrate that with an example of a project that you've worked on that incorporated that. I mean, I'm sure there's research involved. And basically, what does that process look like for you when you're designing a program? How do you ensure that that program is going to meet those goals? So um, I'll go into two separate examples just because they both you know, are quite different projects. So the first example is I had the opportunity to work with um, a commercial developer client named Ackridge on a project called 1700 Pennsylvania Avenue, which is in Washington, D.C. And it was a workplace project. And one of the things that was tasked to me was to create an artful focal wall for the penthouse level of the office building. And so the inspiration for that focal wall came from the organic shapes that converge together on the penthouse terrace flooring um, on the outside of the building on the terrace. Mm -hmm. And not only do the shapes converge together and then split apart, they're different materials as well, the stones and woods all coming together. And lastly, um, the shapes, when they converge, some of them make these organic benches. And so all those things, the shapes and the, uh, the way those forms, you know, come together and uh, separate and then how the, the organic shapes of them. I took that as inspiration for this vocal wall that became uh, these dimensional fins that were made out of MDF and walnut and all that tied into the, into the design and, you know, the look and feel of the Pentas Terra. So it brings all that together as well as um, I did lower level elevator lobby graphics and tied in some of those elements as well. So it helped with wayfinding also, because it's like you see some of the similar shapes and forms on the very top floor and the very bottom floor. So that was just a fun project because I love creating anything artful, really bringing that artistic flair into projects. So that's just an example as well as um, taking something like this focal wall and doing more than just putting something flat on the wall, you know, it really comes out at you as movement. It, you know, leads you into the space. It ties into the outside environmental details. Um, so I think that was just a successful project in many, many ways. And then another example is I do a lot of custom signage projects for multifamily clients. Mm-hmm. And so one of those projects, I mean, really all of them have the same uh, idea behind them, but I would say that anytime I work on a custom signage project, I always look at the branding from the building. So, you know, if it has a fun name or interesting patterns within the logo or just the marketing materials, I try to tie that into the design of the signs, as well as I look thoroughly through all the architectural renderings and the interior design details and finishes and patterns used. So um, I've had projects where, you know, herringbone patterns were used or tire work, and I incorporated that into the design or or um, a project I recently finished uh, for a project called the Kite House, you know, bringing um, 
the logo into the design of the custom signage, you know, kind of abstracting that and having that as like a pattern within that. So there's, I mean, there's many, many examples I can go into with that, but I think that's just important for signage to be cohesive and consistent with the space. And some people, you know, go into a a project and they don't think about signage as an important factor and they think about it later down the line when it's kind of too late. And I think it's important to think about signage as one cohesive family alongside the interior design, architectural details to help elevate the space and, you know, tell that story, bringing in some of those, you know, the look and feel of different elements of the projects. So it all looks like it was done intentionally together. Right. It sounds like you're taking what I would call a holistic approach where you're tying in the architecture and the ambiance of the space itself, along with the branding of the customer. Is that, do you think that's an accurate assessment, just generally speaking? Yes, especially with custom signage projects. That's like the go-to thing for me. I always ask every single time, you know, please provide anything that has to do with your branding, your naming, you know, the typography, everything that has to do with the name of the space. If that's applicable, I've had some uh, projects that didn't even have a name. It was just an address, which was interesting. Um, but then the other element is taking examples from the architectural details and renderings and interior design concepts and uh, reference images from, you know, all those things. And that's where I start. So I would say the process would be, you know, for a project like that to compile all those assets, comb through them. And then I start diving into ideation. So I would do two to three concepts, depending on the project and come up with a couple, uh, directions and then sketch out a few sign types to show the client before diving into the rest of the sign family. And, you know, I think it's important to have different directions and and really play up inspiration from behind the project, those assets, because like I said earlier, you know, all those things tie in together and can make a really cohesive, elevated design. And I think that's really important because I think it's, always a shame when you go into a really nicely designed building and everything is very detailed and, and, you know, beautiful and has a story behind it. And then you look at the signs and, and you know, they're, they're just lackluster. There's, there's no rhyme or reason for them. They don't look like they're, you know, designed with the space in mind. And I think all that's important to consider. Right. And how do you meld the, uh, your customer's branding and translate it into a signage program? So I think a good example of that is a custom signage project that I did a design build with Gelberg Signs on for a project called the Kite House, which is in Washington, D.C. And we were provided the, you know, obviously the name, the Kite House, but then the logo, which is this, it looks like a kite. It's a kite. (laughs) It's like a yeah, it's like like kind of a K and it's interwoven and it, you know, it's a big diamond. Anyway, so I took that graphic and then I blended that with the bronze uh, materials that we use throughout the interior design package, as well as like the warm walnut tones that we use throughout the design. So blending in the metallics with the woods and the Kite House logo 
part of the logo, like the corner detail, the signs, I think uh, tie that in, but not being so literal. Yeah. It wasn't the whole logo. It was part of the logo. Sure. And also it was used more artfully and intentionally, um, not just slapped on the bottom of the sign. And then tying in the interior design details as well. So again, it just makes it this custom unique piece that that only is for you know that that project. So I think that's what's special about that is you know their logo for the kite house became part of the design. And I think that was that made that project really special. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's clever. And you're coming up on your two year anniversary, right? 618, 618, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. June 18th, 20, 2023. Yeah. Well, congratulations on that. And when you started Studio 618, what went smoothly for you and what didn't as far as getting it off the ground? You know, because again, there's a lot of people who, you know, whether they're starting their own business or maybe they're kind of reimagining their business, so to speak. And so they're almost doing a startup again. What kind of advice do you have for them? Is what did you learn from getting this business off the ground? Yeah, so there's like several lessons learned. I mean, first, I would say that the day that I lost my job, I sent out a ton, like well over 20 plus emails to people in my network about, you know, working together. You know, I sent them a sample of like my work examples I've been doing recently at that time. And and, you know, just really reaching out to everybody in my network. And 10 days later, I got my first project. And from that moment on, it just kept building and building and building. And I think it's important, um, you know, just reach out, ask people for help. You know, the I guess the worst thing they can say is no, obviously. Or I think, honestly, what's worse than a no is, you know, someone ghosting you personally. But because um, then it's always <laughs> out there. I I'd rather agree, someone just... Yes. <laughs> yeah, I would rather someone just say no than not respond. But anyway, yeah. and I did get no's. No's no's were along that along that path. I mean, sure. it's fine. And so you're always gonna get no's. You can't you're not gonna win every project. Yeah. If you are, your prices are too low, which um I think's you know important to re-examine as you go along. But so going back to that, you know, a lesson learned there is, you know, just reach out to people. I I got a lot of great opportunities just by, you know reaching out. And then um, going along with that, at that same moment, I really started to dive into being more active on LinkedIn. I started as a rule every week, posting consistently at least once a week um, on my personal page. And then when I formed my LLC in February of the previous year, I posted every week or more on my business page. And I grew a following on both pages. And I've said to people um, over and over again that about, I would say, 90% of all my projects or clients have stemmed through LinkedIn in some capacity, Mm. whether it's directly from somebody or word of mouth from somebody else, or that long game where you meet someone and then six plus months later, you get a project with them. Um, I've actually gotten several projects and clients based off just doing a post and tagging um, a a company I worked with. And then several months later, that company had a project and they wanted to work with me or, or leaving a comment on someone's post about a project saying, you know, I really liked it and you know why I liked that. And then I got uh, a project 
from a client in that way. So you never know where you're going to get these clients and projects from. So I think keeping um, an open mind and just you know putting yourself out there, showing your work, showing your process, um, the behind the scenes, I think is important to show. I always try to show, you know, the the losers, I call them, you know, the concepts that don't get picked, but they still have merit. I like to show the behind the scenes process of you know, sketches and elevations behind the scenes in a fabrication shop and finished renderings. I think that all that's important to showcase. So those two things really helped you know, move um, this party along, I guess. For sure. And um, it sounds like storytelling is an important part of what you're doing for marketing. Um, and speaking of storytelling, okay, so you've, you've got a children's book out, right? And it's called uh, Signs Have Much to Say. And... Um, you're obviously multi-talented. Okay. So you, yeah, you know how to do graphic design, you know how to do art, you, you dabble in different types of artwork as well, uh, personally, and you're also a writer. Um, so tell me about the inspiration for this book and kind of how that came about. So yeah, uh, science I have much to say is definitely a passion project of mine. Uh, the inspiration for this book actually came in July of 2021. So about, I guess, a month after I was, uh, you know, not at my previous job anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, I was doing some work, you know, I had some little more time on my hands and I had the opportunity to go visit my niece, uh, Nora, in Atlanta and I was able to stay there for about a week and I was reading her stories and I noticed that there was no books about signage and wayfinding. Um, she had books on called Code Baby Code, which my husband, who's a data scientist, he gave her that book. It was like a, you know, coding book for little babies. And then, you know, there's, <laughs> there's books about like architecture for kids and, you know, things about doctors and I mean there's tons yeah, every, of yeah, yeah, lots of different right? fields and but sure. there's nothing about at least nothing modern um about signage and wayfinding and I was like that could be a fun idea to create a children's book about signage and wayfinding. And so that was kind of in my head for a while for about a year. And then randomly, I don't even know how this came about honestly, but in July of 2022, which was one year later, I just decided, you know what? This idea has been in my head, you know, I'm just going to start it. And once, like anyone who knows me knows that once I start something, I just go all the way with it. And so like once that started in July of 2022, eight months later, March 27th of 2023, you know, I released the book and it was, it was a, definitely a journey. <laughs> it was definitely like nonstop for eight months of just, of this book process and, and um, I'm really excited to have it out. So, yeah, it was a great process. So it was illustrated by uh, James Bevelander. Is that correct? Yes, James Bevelander. He lives in Australia and we actually met on LinkedIn. Uh, we were not uh, we did not know each other prior to our connection. I started actually I started following him because I thought he had some great content. He does he's a graphic designer. He does a lot of fun styled illustrations and cute videos. And so I started following him and um, I actually, I sent him a message one day just asking him about hashtags because he you know, uses a select amount of hashtags. And he has a, at the time he had a really big following and it's grown a lot since it's like, I think it's doubled since we first connected. Um, and he wrote back with some relevant information and then 
he actually, I guess, dove through my profile and noticed I did uh, procreate digital illustrations. And he thought, oh, we we both thought, let's um, let's schedule a, a video chat and do like a skill share type of thing where I showed him my process for creating these digital illustrations. He showed me some of his background and process for his things. And we ended up at that after that call collaborating on like a fun little parody of the fast and the furious it was called the slow and the meek and i did a snail and he did a turtle and what he does a lot is he takes like a photo then he superimposes the illustration onto that photo so that's what we did with our drawing and that was just something fun and silly and then several months later when i started this book i reached out to him to be the illustrator for it because i like to style so where, where can people find the book and buy it so you can buy the book on Amazon or you can go to signshavemuchtosay.com and that has links to purchase it on Amazon as well. And that website showcases um, a lot about the book, you know, about the team behind the book, as well as uh, free coloring book sheets and sign stickers, you know, for sale, as well as um, upcoming events and media. Cool. Well, you know what the music means. Our time is up. But I appreciate your time and uh, spending it with us here today and hoping to have you back at some point and actually see more of you in Graphics Pro as well. So thanks again for your time today, Lauren. Oh, thank you so much. I really enjoyed our conversation. And thanks again to our guest, Lauren Stern. You can find Lauren at studio618design.com. And be sure to check out her children's book at signshavemuchtosay.com. You know, I wish I still had small children to read this to, but I do know some parents who would love to have this as a gift. So I've got something great to buy for Christmas gifts this year. Anyway, make sure you stay connected to the graphics community at graphics-pro.com. And for regional events dedicated to your business, go to graphics-pro-expo.com or simply g-p-x.com. The next Graphics Pro Expo is in Indianapolis. June 15th through 16th, with classes starting June 14th, including Start Here Academy. Now you can find this podcast at your favorite platform, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or SoundCloud. You can also browse the archives at graphics-pro.com. Thanks for listening, and until next time, adios amigos.